Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm happy to have Penny Amick as my guest today. Penny is the founder and director of Special Beginnings Incorporated and has been in the field of child development and intervention for over 30 years. Penny received her bachelor's degree in psychology with an emphasis on child development, as well as a minor degree in sociology with an emphasis on family dynamics from Cal State University in Northridge. She has certificates of completion in ABA intervention, social skills training, and is CPR and CPI certified. She also holds a certified infant massage instructor certification. Penny has worked over the years as a developmental play therapist and interventionist with emphasis on early intervention using DIR floor time, behavioral intervention, and social skills modalities. Penny has also had the pleasure of working with children and families at Francis Blend School for the Blind and has worked with the Los Angeles School District providing individualized behavior intervention in mainstream and specialized classrooms. Penny's main aspiration is to help children to reach their full potential. She encourages families with developmentally delayed infants, toddlers, and children to become champions by using proven intervention techniques and instilling faith, courage, and enthusiasm. Welcome, Penny, and thank you so much for joining me today to talk about the importance of early intervention in children with special needs. Thank you so much, Gilda. I really appreciate this opportunity. To begin with, can you share with me how you got started in doing your work? Well, um, I was sitting with a friend having breakfast, and we started sketching out the, what we could do to start a business in early intervention on a napkin. And I just kept going and going and wouldn't take no for an answer. People tried to tell me it wasn't going to work. And I just kept going forward and kept trying and trying and submitting um, the paperwork to the regional center. They would send it back. I would correct it, send it back to them. And one day I went to the mailbox and there was my vendorization. And that's how it got started. So can you describe for me the, the kind of work that you do and the age range that your company works with and why that particular population? Well, we do in-home developmental play therapy. We work with babies from birth to three years old. Most of our kids start right out of the NICU as soon as they get home. And the reason that Myself and my staff is so passionate about doing this is we all feel that this is the age where the child is the most vulnerable to going one way or the other. So we want to try and model for the parent to help the parent understand their own child and give the child as much help and benefit to thrive and go forward as possible. So what sort of challenges do a lot of the children that you work with have? Well, we run a lot of different challenges. Some of our children come to us and they're just developmentally delayed and they just need a little push to get going. 
some of our kids come to us with a diagnosis, and we study the diagnosis, learn as much as possible so that we can help the parent understand and, again, model the appropriate play for that child. And some of our children um, come to us, and they, like I said, they just need that little bit of a push. So we sit for about 50 minutes and do play therapy, which we feel is important. The reason we feel that is so important is because the child will learn through play and bonding with their therapist. Hey, this is really a fun thing to do. In the meantime, they don't really understand how much they're really learning, and we make it as non-stressful and as easy for the child while the parent is possibly sitting there and watching and the, before you know it, the kid is doing exactly what we want them to do and enjoying every minute of it. Most of our kids, after we see them for a couple of months, will literally either wait at the window, wait at the door, come to our cars, help us carry in our toys and things. So they're very excited when we come and they enjoy that one-on-one -on -one exchange. What are some of the biggest obstacles that you face in your work, and what do you find is the most rewarding about it? The obstacles, unfortunately, seem to be twofold. One is hiring the proper staff. Uh, this is not a job for everybody. This, there's a lot of driving involved because we do work all over the city of Los Angeles, and driving in Los Angeles traffic is not for everybody. Um, and a lot of <laughs> That's the, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of the, the girls um, realize once they start doing this, it's not their passion. Unfortunately, we've had some people that just kind of walk off the job and leave us with a huge caseload of children that have no therapist, but a lot of the girls will step up and take on extra children until we can hire the appropriate person. Our hiring policy is very different than most companies because we do a face-to-face -face interview, and then we actually take them out into the field and watch how they interact with the child and how they interact with the parent. The reason that we do that is so we can see how they are interacting and they can get a feel for what exactly it is that we do and see if this is their passion. The second problem that we run into is, unfortunately, parents today are extremely busy, and I do understand that. So they don't feel that they have an appropriate amount of time to sit and play with their child. So I tell the parents, I know you have five minutes twice a day. Just turn your cell phone off, sit on the floor. You don't even have to do anything. Let your child guide the session and you just interact. Even if it's just touching them, laughing with them, that's fine. But parents feel that if I don't have an hour to sit every single day, then it's not beneficial. Five minutes twice a day is very beneficial for that child because I can guarantee you every parent that starts out with a five-minute session will end up 
looking at their watch and going, wow, I've been sitting here for a half an hour already. And they learn to enjoy their child. I understand when people have children, they are expecting one way and something happens and it kind of goes a different way. That doesn't necessarily mean that it is a bad situation. It's a different situation. And we tell the parents, maybe you need some time to grieve what you thought your life was going to be with this child, and that's okay. And then we all need to get on board and get proactive and work with the child so that that particular child can be the best that they can be. So how would a concerned parent then get started with the appropriate interventions? Well, a lot of the hospitals now seem to be doing some referrals and telling the parent, um, please contact your local regional center. Unfortunately, a lot of pediatricians are not on board with that for some reason that I don't really know because it only takes about five seconds to tell a concerned parent, just contact your local regional center. Um, So the best thing for a parent to do really, if they are concerned that their child is not meeting their developmental milestones at the appropriate time, reach out to your local regional center, tell them your concerns, somebody will contact you, they will start the assessment process, and then you're on your way. Now, the regional centers are in the state of California, and um, they do cover the cost of this kind of therapy. Uh, like you say, you are vendored with the regional centers, and also now with self-determination coming on board, uh, hopefully that will open it up even to uh, a lot of other families who might not have been able to uh, have this kind of service before. But... Uh, What if the family is out of the area, even outside of California, let's say, and they're listening to this podcast and they have similar concerns that they would like to address with their young child? What would you suggest? Well, we do have some families that have moved from other states to come to California because we do have the most services available for young children. If that's not a possibility, the best thing that I could suggest for a concerned parent to do is to sit and just interact with your child. Try and get eye contact going. Read books. Do a lot of touch therapy like massaging that's always been beneficial for your child. Just be there and see if that doesn't help. If you're still concerned, obviously, I would contact a developmental pediatrician and let that person guide you to what they think is best for your child. So at this point then, Penny, is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't covered? And what do you think is the most important takeaway for our listeners to remember from this conversation? Well, I really want parents to become involved with their own children. Right now, the state of California is doing a big push through all the different regional centers to provide children with social-emotional help. 
And that really does involve the parents. I, again, reiterate that I do understand and appreciate that we are all busy people. But these are your children, and they need you. They need you now when they're little so that they can grow up and be the wonderful adults that we all hope that our children will be. So the best thing to do, five minutes twice a day, if that just entails cuddling, that's fine. If you want to read a book, sing a song, when you take your kid to the market, interact with your child. Everything has a shape. It has a color. It has a purpose. Talk to your child. Even if your child is small, couple months old, that doesn't mean that they don't understand that somebody is paying attention to them. And I think that's a valuable lesson that parents really need to learn, that even though my child is newborn, that doesn't mean I shouldn't interact. That means I should interact probably even more. Um, And I really want parents to get on board with doing that and realize that we are there to help. We're there to assist. We are there to model for them. We can answer their questions and concerns, but we only are there maybe once or twice a week. They need to take over the other days and times that we're not there. Well, that's very well said, Penny, and I think you've made some excellent points. So please tell me, how can our listeners reach you if they have questions or they want to know more? Well, they're certainly um, welcome to email me at specialbeginningsinc at hotmail.com. That's S-P-E-C-I-A-L-B-E-G-I-N-N-I-N-G-S-I-N-C at hotmail.com. They are free also to give me a call between the hours of 8 and 6 at 310-869-9856. And they can leave a message. I do have a caseload of my own, so I'm not always able to answer the phone. But I will call them back as soon as I have a moment and I can answer their questions and concerns. Okay, Penny, and those hours that you mentioned, that's Pacific time, correct? That is correct. And do you want to repeat the phone number just one more time? I sure do. 310-869-9856. Well, thank you so much, Penny, for your time and for sharing some truly wonderful information with us today. You're very welcome, Gilda, and thank you so much for allowing me to do this. And I hope to hear from some parents as soon as they can. I also want to thank our listeners for spending a part of their day with us. I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.